Why did the pad fly better than the tampon? Why? Because the pad had wings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We need that little like joke sound. Yeah. The, boom, boom. Put a sound are we recording? <laughs> yeah. The mics are hot. Is that how you uh, like mm-hmm. say? Yeah. <laughs> when the mics are on, they're hot. So, um, <laughs> I only have three. Here's another one. How many jokes about periods can someone make until it gets annoying? How many? Ten puns. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, last one. <laughs> Why don't men take periods seriously? Why? Because they think menstruators are overreacting. <laughs> Alright, that's all the puns I have for today. I'll come up with better ones next time. I'm Haley. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Red Dot Project. This podcast is about menstruation, homelessness, gender issues, feminism, current events, the social service field, not for profits, social justice, and everything in between. From Toronto to around the world, we hope to entertain and inform you on topics that you're interested in. In this episode, we will introduce you to Red Dot Project. We will talk about the history of our organization and have a Q&A with each of the members, Wahida, Lucy, myself, Phil, and Stephanie. All right, Haley, let's talk about Red Dot Project. What is it? Red Dot Project is an organization that started about a year ago, and we essentially make and distribute kits every month containing menstrual supplies and uh, personal care products for people living on the streets in Toronto. So each kit contains enough um, pads or tampons and uh, liners for the duration of the entire menstrual cycle. And we also include um, other personal care products like wipes and a little snack and some uh, seasonally appropriate um, items such as hand warmers or socks and gloves uh, for people living on the streets in Toronto. Yeah, so um, about a year ago, a little known fact about me is that I teach over in a social service worker program in a college, and one of my students uh, talked about her experience uh, working at a youth shelter, and um, they talked about how a resident didn't have the opportunity to choose what type of um, menstruation supplies they wanted to use. And that was, for me, the first time that I ever thought about it. Um, The fact that people who live on the street don't really have a choice if they could even get their hands on uh, menstruation supplies. And at the time, I was working on a extracurricular training for... Uh, preparing people to work in the violence against women's uh, shelter system. And just so happened that group of people were uh, Haley, uh, Lucy, and Wahida. And 
while we're wrapping up that at the end of the school year, um, I pitched them the idea of, you know, trying out a cause. Um, We didn't know it would become what it is today, but just working on this project where we would try to gather supplies for people, uh, people living on the streets. It uh, started out as just an an idea and um, sort of a common uh, goal and something that we were all passionate about. And after um, a couple meetings to decide on a name and our general mission and vision and our goals, uh, Red Dot Project was born. Yeah, and uh, believe me, Red Dot Project wasn't the first name that we had. We had a couple of other names that we will never mention on the air. Luckily, Haley had the foresight to tell me that they weren't good names at all. So um, thank you, Haley, for that. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so, yeah, our mission statement that we came up with is to provide people who are experiencing homelessness in Toronto the opportunity to manage their period in a safe and hygienic way. And it's, to even make it even simpler, we have a vision statement of all people should have the opportunity to manage their periods and preserving their dignity. And it's pretty as simple as that. You know, everyone deserves that opportunity, no matter who you are, uh, no matter where you are and what situation you're in, uh, you should have the opportunity to manage your period the way that uh, you choose to. Absolutely. And we started off uh, with a focus on um, women and females, but uh, soon afterwards we realized that we needed to change our mission statement to uh, be inclusive of everyone who has periods and who menstruates. So yes, we have done that to uh, um, more mindful that there are other people uh, who have periods who may not necessarily identify as women or females and that they are also uh, in need of these supplies. So yeah, over the last year, uh, we went through about 570 plus kits that we've prepared in each kit there has to be always a sufficient amount of supplies you know we want to make sure that whoever receives one of our kits does not have to worry about supplies for that month so we do put about 40 ish pads or tampons in there um, so they'll have more than enough for that month so we do average about 50 kits that we give out every time we go out. Mm-hmm. And we distribute the kits once a month um, at the end of the month at various locations in Toronto. Uh, so some of the places that we go to regularly are Moss Park, uh, Allen Gardens, City Hall, and just uh, yeah, other various uh, areas around Toronto where Um, We know that people who are experiencing homelessness um, sometimes will be uh, so that we can access them where they're at. Mm -hmm. So, Haley, what are some of the most, I guess, memorable milestones that you recall over the past year while doing this project? Well, um, let's see. One of my most memorable events, I guess, was uh, when we participated in Take Back the Night York Region um, last September. So yeah, we went to uh, to the event and we had a big booth and I think it was definitely the 
the nicest booth out of all of uh, the other agency booths there, thanks to Phil. Well, it wasn't a competition, but if it was, you know, I think we're going to have to edit that part out because I think maybe (laughs) some people who are there are listening and uh, you guys all have great booths, everybody. Yes, of course. But anyway, the event was was wonderful and we got an opportunity to uh, connect with many other um, agencies and many other people working in the field in a similar area uh, that we are working in. So anyone uh, working in the field of um, homelessness or anti-poverty and gender equity, and we got a chance to make uh, some really good connections with, with people there and also just with uh, the general public, uh, people who were attending the event, and uh, we got to inform people uh, more about the issue of menstruation for people experiencing homelessness and also about our organization and our our cause in general. So it was a really great opportunity to advocate and raise awareness. And uh, one of the other uh, events that we had the chance to be a part of uh, this past year was Uh, We actually were awarded um, a recognition award by the United Nations Association of Canada in Toronto uh, for our work. And uh, the award was recognizing our contribution to one of the sustainable development goals, uh, which is eliminating poverty. So we were uh, very honored to receive that award, and we had the chance to go to a gala hosted by that organization, which was really great. We got to make some more connections, and it just felt really good to be able to reflect on some of the good work that we've done in the past year. Yeah, for sure. Um, shout out to uh, Women's Support Network. They are one of a our longest partners that we worked with. Um, we actually met them at the Take Back the Night, which they had a huge part in organizing. The ED over at Women's Support Network, York Region, reached out to us and talked to us about being able to mentor us and help help guide us throughout this past year. So thank you very much to you. And uh, shout out to Fashion Santa, who was at the United Nations Awards ceremony. Um, I got to get a couple pictures with him. If you don't know who he is, Google him. Very handsome man. I'm sorry, Yorkdale did you wrong. For me, uh, some of the most memorable moments will always be the first couple of months of the planning, um, building the website, not really knowing what we're doing. Um, I know I watched a lot of hours of YouTube tutorials teaching me how to do just about everything. And um, even then, it was just a lot of just trying to draw on experiences of, you know, what I've learned from students, what I've learned from friends, of um, how to best support this community and build a service around that. Um, And then actually seeing it go so well the first couple of months was uh, definitely a memorable moment for me. But yeah. Yeah, we've had the chance to make some uh, great partnerships with other agencies in the past year, uh, all of whom who... Uh, have really helped us out and given us the chance to to grow and yeah allowed us to expand our reach in the field which is great so that we can uh, get our kits to more people who need them it's uh, really interesting to see how 
in just one year, you know, where Red Dot Project has started from and gone to, yeah, like, look, we're making a podcast now. <laughs> so, um, you know, we have big ideas that we really want to take this and grow it to be able to support as many people as possible. And we're going to continue working hard on that until we get there. But how about we take a little break and you guys could listen to this little short thing that we have to play right now. But then after, we're going to go uh, talk to some of the other mem- founding members of Red Dot Project, Lucy, Wahida, and Stephanie. Haley, I'm going to ask you a question. What's that? Have you ever been to the grocery store and you've seen a great sale on pads or tampons and you thought to yourself, I need to capitalize on this, but I just don't need this many? Definitely, yeah. Well, now you don't have to worry. You could buy as many pads and tampons as you want, and you don't even have to store them. We will take them off you. That's a wonderful idea. Yeah, so if you want, you should check out red.projecttoronto.org. And you can look up all the different locations. We have donation boxes across York Region and hopefully very soon Toronto. And you could drop off all these extra pads and tampons that you could buy at really good prices. Wow. <laughs> so if you have some time, check it out. Go to our website and you can also find out more information about other ways you could donate, other ways to get involved. And also you could check out our blog where we try to update content on all different things from periods, menstruation, everything to do with Red Dot Project. It's all on the website. So check out red.projecttoronto.org. So I think uh, we should probably hear from maybe some of the members of Red Dot Project. How about that? Yes, I agree. All right, so let's get to it. We have Lucy here, one of our founding members from the Red Dot Project. Hi, Lucy. Hi. Lucy, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a recent a graduate from the Social Service Worker Program at Seneca College. I have been a part of Red Dot Project for a year now. Um, outside of Red Dot Project, I work with adults with autism at a treatment center. Great. Thanks. What made you want to work on the Red Dot Project? I wanted to raise awareness about the issue of menstruation for individuals who are experiencing homelessness and wanted to provide individuals living on the streets with the right supplies to manage their periods. Why is it so meaningful for you to be a part of Red Dot Project? It is meaningful because I hope to supply more individuals with menstrual supplies uh, so they can manage their periods the way they want to and in a safe and hygienic way. How has this work changed your perspective on things? This work has changed my perspective about menstruation and how individuals experiencing homelessness go through and how they manage menstruation, and from seeing all of the struggles they have to go through just to even have access to some supplies uh, have really pushed me to want to do this work. 
Awesome. Thanks, Lucy. Thanks, Lucy. No problem. And now we have the recently appointed 2018 Seneca Cup winner, Wahida Ali. (laughs) (laughs) Wahida is also one of the founding members of Red Dot Project. Welcome, Wahida, to our little podcast here we have going on. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Haley. So uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, Wahida? I am also a recent graduate of the Social Service Worker Program at Seneca College, King Campus. I'm also a mother of five and very passionate about the Red Dot Project, which I've been a part of for one year as well. Great. Perfect. Why is it so meaningful for you to be a part of this? It is meaningful to be part of Red Dot Project because providing these kits are not just about providing a necessity to someone, but also about preserving their dignity. Awesome. Uh, What do you hope this work will achieve? If we can't provide kits to everyone, at least we can make a difference where we can, and hopefully others would follow to bridge that gap. Tell us something that you've learned over the last year. It has been a very humbling experience, and I have learned to appreciate what I have even more. Do you have a particular story that sticks out from your work with Red Dot Project? It was the coldest day of winter, um, December 31st, and uh, on our run that day, there was one woman sitting on a cold, frozen um, street and barely able to stand, surrounded by her belongings and pictures of her children. She was mourning their loss, and uh, she she was really frozen, and uh, Phil had to actually reach down and uh, remove her. Her socks were so cold, her feet were frozen, and he actually had to put warmers in, in her boot, put her socks back on and her boot and he did the same for her gloves as well and knowing that we were able to go home or go somewhere where it was warm after and not knowing where she was going next was a a really big eye-opener as well Mm -hmm. yeah I remember that day I remember all her stuff just there in the middle of um, Young Dada Square And she had her phone plugged into the outlet, just like maybe like five meters away from her. Yeah. And uh, I remember her asking us to go get her phone for uh, for her because she couldn't get up to check it. The awkward part was when I looked over there, her phone wasn't actually there. Yeah. So uh, we don't know really for sure what happened to her phone. But uh, yeah, I remember that day a lot. Um, That is definitely one of those days that will stick in my mind. So could you tell us a little bit about how this work has changed some of your perspectives on maybe homelessness or even menstruation, anything to do with uh, what Red Dot Project covers? We take so much for granted that, you know, we can go to a store and just, you know, buy whatever we need, buy whatever supplies we need. And we come home, sometimes we put it in a a drawer or something and we forget about it. And we can just go back out to the store and get more. And in cases like this, and knowing that people have to make a decision about, are they going to eat today? Or are they going to have supplies to help them when they're menstruating? 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, we do take a lot for granted. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, what's you know another happy moment that you remember? What's your favorite part of doing this work? The day we have our run, like being there, knowing that we can make a difference, even if it's you know um, just uh, the number of kids that we hand out on our runs, and knowing that someone can manage their period when they they do have it, and knowing that yes, they. They don't need to make a choice that much. Mm-hmm. That part of uh, of our work is always very meaningful to me as well. And uh, like a moment for me was on our first run, you know, just handing the kit out. And I remember we were close to the church and the woman, the first person we handed the kit to, she was so excited when she saw the stuff in there. And I think it's from that moment that... You know, the humility is what I felt that it it was really great seeing how happy she was. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Wahida. Um, I do want to shout out Wahida's children because I know she's going to make her children listen to this. So what's up, everyone? See you guys <laughs> around. Hopefully you're having a good time and get all your friends to subscribe and like our uh, podcast. And let's uh, get as many listeners as possible. Thanks, Wahida's family. Okay, so now it's my turn. Oh, great. I have a couple questions for you guys. All right. <laughs> Phil, how has this work changed you or your perspective? Uh, I think it definitely gave me an opportunity to really get out there and see firsthand how people are surviving out there on the streets. It shows me a lot of different perspectives of you know, what it's really like to go through a winter out there in the city of Toronto with the unpredictable weather. Um, it definitely has made me more of an advocate for people who are living on the streets. This past winter, I don't know how many times I was tweeting politicians to open up the armories. I will, you know, when I found out who didn't vote to open it up, I definitely did send a lot of messages to them asking them to explain themselves. So I think really this work has Help me grow in my advocacy. Good. Nice. Yeah. All right. Now ask Haley something. (laughs) Okay, Haley. What is something you have learned from doing this work? Hmm. I suppose before starting with Red Dot Project, I never really thought that much about how um, people who are living on the streets or who are in poverty uh, manage their monthly periods. And I kind of just... Yeah, it just wasn't really something that occurred to me. So, yeah, that was a really big eye-opener just to learn that they don't uh, necessarily always have access to the things that they need and they have to make choices about whether to buy supplies or food and some of the um, products that they do use or items they use in place of menstrual products, which can be really unhygienic and not safe for them. So that was definitely one of the biggest uh, things that I learned and also... Not to expect people who are in a position where they need something, uh, you know, to to give you, like, you know, praise and stuff, because <laughs> it's not really the way that it's going to be. And, yeah, I guess just for me, that took a little bit of, of getting used to. But I think, yeah, it was definitely a, a big lesson to learn, just that, that not everybody you deal with is going to be, like, 
you know, the nicest person, but it doesn't mean yeah. they don't deserve help or like what you're offering. So Yeah, definitely. We don't get a uh, red carpet rolled up mm-hmm. for rolled out for us when we show up every month. Um, and, you know, it's not something that we would expect. But over the last year, we did realize that, you know, people are not going to say please and thank you. They're sometimes when they are trying to survive and they see the opportunity to get some supplies, they want to make sure that they get them over Mm -hmm. somebody else. So it's more of a concern to them to make sure they just secure the product than be gracious about it. And I think that's something that we've really learned quite quickly. You know, it's not like it is on the TV where, you know, they're going to say thank you and then um, it's going to turn out that santa claus and we get some like presents because we were good people doing this type of work um you know it's one of those things that you do and then you walk away and you just prepare for the next month and you just go out and do it again Mm -hmm. yeah i think um also one other way that or one thing that sort of changed for me what in perspectives and everything throughout the last year was in doing this work i had to actually go out and buy pads and tampons for the first time and it's not like I just had to buy like one pack. Like I had to get a shopping cart full for the very first time. I went to buy pads and tampons. So I definitely have more familiarity around the tampon pad aisle. And I know where the sales are and when they when to expect them and what's a good deal of pads and tampons. And yeah, and I could just tell you which brands and how much they sell for and everything like that. And I could tell you that's not something I ever thought about before doing this type of work. I'm not an expert with the period, but I do know a whole lot about it now. Mm -hmm. I remember the first day going to Costco, and it was actually two cards we had. And Phil was so confused because, you know, like the different, the overnights, the Mm -hmm. regulars, the thins. and I wasn't that confused. (laughs) (laughs) And now that he's the one that's actually telling us, okay, there's a sale here and there's a sale there. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so now we have Stephanie here. Hi, Stephanie. Hi. (laughs) Uh, So, Stephanie, you have a bit of a different experience uh, with your start with Red Dot Project. You want to talk about that a little? Yeah, so I got into working with Red Dot Project through a student placement position. Um, So I was a student at Seneca in the SSW program, and and so I was offered the opportunity to um, work with Red Dot for uh, my student placement in my second year. Took it, (laughs) and it's been like a great experience ever since. You are actually probably going to be working with us in the initial thing when. Lucy, Wahida, and Haley and I was working on a different training, but unfortunately your schedule that semester just didn't work out, but uh, fate ran its course and uh, <laughs> you ended up with us anyways. So can you tell us a little bit more about your experience? You know, what was it like? For me, it was the perfect placement experience because I really got the opportunity to like try a whole bunch of new things and just kind of, and having you as a mentor, Phil, it was really helpful in that you Um, trusted me a lot and gave me a lot of responsibility and I had that freedom to kind of just try and and it was okay if I failed (laughs) every now and then but so it was a great learning opportunity and experience that's for sure and just and I I got 
experience things all across the board, I find, whereas other student placements might be a little limited in terms of their roles, but I was really involved in like all different aspects. And I think that also came down to the fact that we were a newer agency, so um, I really got the opportunity to work in outreach and all of uh, and a lot of the behind the scenes stuff as well, whether that be working on our website or um, or uh, developing partnerships with other agencies. What are some of the most memorable moments in the last about year you've uh, been around? What's some of the stuff that stick out for you? I think there have been many moments, but I guess the big one would have been when we when we were the recipient of the UN award back in October. I think that was like a huge moment for us. I think it was a huge milestone. It really, it was nice to be recognized for the work that we were doing. And I think also because we were still, I mean, we still are quite a young agency. So to kind of have that achievement so early on was, was pretty, it was pretty awesome. And just being at like City Hall, downtown Toronto and having to, write and present a speech in front of like a massive room of people it was just kind of <laughs> it was a pretty surreal moment I think you know I had you go and do a couple of different community outreach education sessions oh yeah which, yeah, <laughs> yeah so what um, are some of them do you remember yeah I remember we did one at George Brown um downtown Toronto we went to George Brown College and um we gave a presentation. I think it was like, ended up being like almost an hour (laughs) in length, if I recall correctly. And it was, it was really, as a student at the time, it was an interesting um, opportunity for sure, because it was like, I was like, oh, this is how my professors feel (laughs) when they give a lecture. But it was also really cool to see kind of like the feedback from the students and um, to see how they were getting engaged and and just becoming more aware of the issues surrounding homelessness. And you could definitely see a lot of like people were asking a lot of questions and they were kind of saying how, oh, they never thought of things that way or they never thought about the struggles of people who menstruate living on the streets and what they go through, decisions they have to make, whether that be deciding between spending money on food or pads and tampons for that month. So it was really cool. I think it was also def- <laughs> it was interesting as well though because you definitely at the same time I know there was like one student who kind of who kind of went the other way <laughs> and I think that also speaks to like stigma and a lot of and just, you know, basic gender inequality that exists in our society today, but she was kind of arguing that the cost of pads and tampons aren't as high as we were insinuating and so on and so forth. So that was definitely a huge learning opportunity for me because AI was like caught off guard and I was like, oh, I don't (laughs) know how to handle this, but I think I handled it well in the end. Uh, but it was it was you you definitely see that stigma persisting. You see that line of thought and that rhetoric of, you know, they're affordable. It's it, yeah, you you hear that all the times. All right. What are other things that you've maybe learned through the this year about pads, tampons, homelessness, menstruation? Oh, I don't know. Where do I begin? <laughs> so so many things. I think I learned. I think a huge part, a, a huge learning experience for me was. When we interact with our service users during our monthly runs, that was definitely a huge experience for me. That was, I I never had an experience like that before. 
to interact with a population that is so marginalized, that is so often invisible, and become aware of, and to actually get to practice some of the um, ethics of social work that I was learning in school and being taught in terms of people aren't always going to be gracious and kind, but that's not why we do what we do at the end of the day. And if you were in that position, I think I really learned like, you know, getting a a bag of pads and tampons, yeah, it might make your month a little smoother, but you're still in a very, very difficult situation. It's not easy being homeless, and you probably have a lot more on your plate than, you know, thanking this stranger who finally, like, there are so many um, difficulties people already encounter with the system, so I think when a lot of times you go into this work and you think, we, we have a tendency, I think it's human nature, to think about the way we're going to feel out of it and um, what we're going to get out of doing it. And I think you learn pretty quickly that if that's your main priority, you're not going to last very long because <laughs> people are not always going to say thank you and they're not always going to, you know, they're not going to kiss your feet for providing them with sanitary napkins <laughs> for a month. It's just not the case. For sure. And not to mention, when we do go down to places downtown, we try to time it where we get there when a lot of the food trucks are coming where they hand out free food so while they're trying to get the supplies from us that means they might miss their spot in line to collect other things like food so you know it they might not always have time to be like oh thank you or talk to us even longer they need to get what they need and then move on to the next place where they can get the other stuff they need to survive Absolutely, because at the end of the day, that's that's their aim and that's what they need to do to survive. And I think also a huge thing that I learned throughout like my experiences with Red Dot Projects thus far has been just a lot of the misconceptions and biases that society and including me um, had towards the homeless. Like I used to see, like uh, I think it was last month or the month before on our run, like Phil just mentioned, so we usually hit up the areas around the times where food trucks are around because we know more individuals will be present and so our kids will go further. But they were handing out dog food. <laughs> and it was so awesome because before I was the person who would walk by a homeless person on the street with a dog and thought probably thought, think to myself, you know, you can't even take care of yourself, let alone this other animal, you know, you should probably give them up, like, it's not fair to them, and they have, um, let them have a better quality of life and not have to suffer as well, and then you just get to experience the other side of things, and you realize these people, we isolate them so much as is in society, they really don't have any support system. Most of the time, that's a part of the reason they're on the street, right? So, when they have a companion like a dog or or a pet, it's important that you don't break that up because that that's really uh, that means a lot to them to to have, and I think it helps them get through probably the hard days. For sure, and I think when we go to drop off some of our menstruation kits over at St. Felix Center, they really do a great job at making sure they accommodate the pets as well. So right now they have their uh, the respite program where they open up some of the rooms so people can sleep in and they welcome the pets there and they try to provide the supplies that the uh, dogs need so they're healthy also so the people they're coming with you know can also keep 
their closest friends with them. So what are you up to now? So now that you're not a student anymore, I'm assuming at this point you're still around, so you're going to stick around for a while with Red Dot Project. <laughs> what do you do now with us? So now my primary role has, has been to um, manage our blog posts on our website. So on our website, we have an area where we, um, where we upload different posts every, few, uh, every month or so. And we like to discuss issues in the, these posts surrounding um, gender inequality or homelessness or uh, menstruation. And we try and tackle these issues from many different perspectives. So an example would be um, a post that I had written in the past was dealing with the Invictus Games downtown Toronto and kind of how the homeless population suffers when events like that go on because they get displaced and um, and they're forced out of these areas during this time. So so we, we really explore a huge range of issues all pertaining to kind of what our beliefs are as an agency. And I think it's a really creative way for us to kind of make our stance known on these issues. And I think that's important as an agency because you build credibility when people can see what you believe in and what you stand for. And that is something that we really firmly believe as a team to maintain that kind of integrity and to make our ethics known because that's a huge part of transparency and I think that's a huge part of how people know that can trust us to um, carry out this kind of work. So it's pretty great that you're so passionate and what I've learned over the last year or so is handling a blog is quite hard. How do you find the time to do that? Well that's Actually, a great thing that you've asked that question because um, we're actually looking for volunteers. So we're looking for individuals who are passionate about writing, passionate about uh, some of the uh, social problems and issues that we're fighting as an agency. And um, so we're looking for volunteers who want to contribute posts and who enjoy writing and who have some great ideas they want to share. So if anyone's interested, they can email me at stephanie at red.projecttoronto.org. And that's Stephanie with a -A (laughs) P-H-N-I-E. All right. Thanks a lot, Steph. Uh, Great having you around. Thanks for having me. All right, Haley. So if you can hear that music playing, I guess Mm -hmm. that means our time's up for today. Uh, Like, I guess, most first classes of a semester, you you sort of just go over the syllabus and uh, you get to leave a little early. So I think we're going to end it here for today. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for listening to the first episode of Red Dot Project. And please stay tuned for future episodes. Uh, We would love uh, to hear your ideas about what you would like us to cover in future podcasts and also um, any questions or comments you may have. And of course, we are always open to hearing your favorite menstruation puns. Yes, period puns. (laughs) (laughs) Puns are very smart. I don't know. People say they're stupid, but I disagree. I think puns are brilliant. So please, the best ones, you know, bring them on. We'll read them out for you. So any of that stuff, you could email us at podcast at red.projecttoronto.org. And we will collect it and we will have it ready to read for you guys in the upcoming weeks. 
If you want to know more about our organization,、uh, you can find us at red.projecttoronto.org. And、uh, we also encourage you to like, comment, and subscribe to our social media channels. So we、uh, are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and YouTube. <laughs> <laughs>